was going to move on to verse 17, and Lord willing, we will, but before we do, there's, as I was going through and reading and studying a little bit, going back through my notes this morning, I just couldn't get away from, from verse 16. And uh, we'll read verse 16. It says, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Before I read verse 17, I want us to think about this. In the middle of verse 16, it says, For we are, for ye are, the temple of the living God. And I thought, you know, what does that, do we really dwell on that enough? I mean, I, I tell you, I was, I was stirred this morning. I, I, uh, I'm thankful when God just speaks to us, you know, and just moves upon us. And, 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 he, and he really just started talking to me this morning and thought, you know what, do you really appreciate the fact that I saved you and that I dwell in you. Do you really appreciate? And, you know, and I thought how that we can't talk about being separate from the world in verse 17 until we really understand in verse 16 who we belong to and who, and who loves us and who saved us. And, you know, I thought how that if you look in Ephesians chapter 2, and I tell you, I'm going to be bouncing around here a little bit this morning because I, I tell you, he is, I just, I can't get out. I, I don't know that I can get out what I'm trying to get out, but I hope I can. But in Ephesians chapter 2, you know, we're, I said last week, we, we're alive, or two weeks, I don't know, when, whatever I said it, but we're alive, he's given me a new life. He's given each and one of us a new life if we're saved, if we've accepted Christ as our personal Savior. He's given each of us, and because of that, we're, he dwells in us, and we're to live for him. And we're, I mean, and, and more, it's more than that, it's really getting in our mindset, in our mind, in our heart, that he dwells in us. His presence is with us, is in us. And you say, well, what's the, what's the big deal, and why is that? Because, again, we can't get to verse 17 until we understand why Paul's telling us to be separate. The reason he's telling us to be separate is because we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be changed. We're supposed to be a visible evidence, a personal evidence that we're changed. And in verse, in Ephesians 2... Verse uh, 13, well, let me back up to verse 12. It says this, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where we were. That's where I was. That's not where I'm supposed to be today. That's not how I'm supposed to be living today. I'm not supposed to be living in the world, okay? I'm, living, I'm supposed to be living for the Lord. Living for the Lord is not living in the world. I mean, that's just how it is. And uh, it goes on to say, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh how? By the blood of Christ. I mean, you know, we can never dwell on that enough. That he died. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. <laughs> if I can't get anything else out this morning, he died. He went to the cross for my sin. He died. He bled. He died for my sin. Not only did he die... He was buried, but he rose on the third day for my justification. Mine, and each one of us that's saved. And we can't live for him until we get a true appreciation of what he's done for us. I mean, we can't. And uh, I don't know why, I'm just, I just... Obtained by faith, okay? Paul said in Galatians 2.20, he said this, familiar scripture. I'm just going to read it. He said... 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, gave his life for me. That's how I can live. That's how I'm supposed to live. And when, when he tells us over here in 2 Corinthians to come out from among them and be ye separate, that's what he's telling us. He's saying, look, you're saved. You better live like it. You know what I mean? And, and look, this is not a... Let me, let, me, let me back up. This is not a threatening thing. This is something that should, should grow from us because of the love that we have for Christ, the recognition of the fact that he died for me that should drive love in me that I want to live for him, that I want to be more like him than I want to be like the world. I mean, that's how it ought to be. So, um, you know, a couple things. Like I said, the, the old life's got to die, okay? And let me tell you what, we still got to kill it every now and then, okay? Just because we're saved, I know we're saved, and, and it's over and done with, and it's, that's permanent. But we still got to kill the old life sometimes, okay? And we got to be that temple. That's the only way we're going to be the temple is if we kill the old life off. we got to continue to kill it off. And it says in Colossians 1.27 that it's a glorious mystery. That's what, I mean, you know, I tell you, I love this. God's word is just, if we spend time looking, he just shows us so many things. I mean, Colossians 1.27 says this, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. That's me. I'm a Gentile. Aren't you glad he didn't say, you know what, we're only dealing with the Jews. Sorry, the rest of you guys, you know, I'll, maybe half of you, maybe you'll make it or not. No, he didn't say that. It's everybody. But he opened it up for us too. And he says, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I don't have any hope of glory without Christ. There isn't any hope of glory without Christ. I don't care what people say. It doesn't matter what people say. It matters what this book says. You know, if I can't do anything else, I just want to live according to this book right here. If I can't do anything else. Now, I am not going to stand here and tell you that I'm perfect because I'm not. And that's not part of the lesson, but I just want to make that clear. So, but he is. And he'll help us live for him. But we got to understand who it is that we're supposed to be living for before we can say, well, I want to live for him. Well, we better know why we're living for him and we better love him. So... It should. That's right. It was given to us. But it was given to us, you know what I'm going to say, at a great cost. It didn't cost us anything other than just to believe. I mean, so um, 1 John 3.24 says this, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And you say, why are you reading these? Because listen to what it says. The only reason I keep his commandments is because he's in me. That's the only way I can keep his commandments is because he's in me and and hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us I mean I'm, I'm just gonna stop there I'm gonna move on so <laughs> I think y'all get the point this morning but I mean we I like what Josh said he said it much better than me we've been given something and I think so many times you know I, I find myself praying Lord Forgive me because I don't appreciate enough the life, number one, the salvation that you've given me, but number two, 
the life that you've given to me, all the things that you've done, I don't appreciate it enough. And I think that's where, you know, just because of, I think, maybe the time that we live in, I mean, we have about everything, okay? Now, I don't know your all's personal lives, okay? But, but for the most part, I think most of us have everything that we need. And I mean, I don't appreciate that enough. I'm not appreciative enough of that, but let alone not appreciative enough of, his, of the salvation that's been given to me. So, all right. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians, back in, back in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. So he says, we're the temple of God. He says, I, I dwell in you. And listen to what he tells us in verse 17. Wherefore, because of that, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And wherefore, come out from among them. Who is them? What, I'm sorry? The world, the world, right? It's, but, and that's, this is the thing. He's telling us right here, I believe, the unbelievers and those who are against Christ and against the word of God. He's saying, come out from among them. Come out from the unbelievers. And to me, these are the worldly, the, the ones that are under control of Satan. Okay? We're not to participate in their lifestyle. Okay? I don't care what modern culture says. That's not, the, right here, this book right here. This book, if you have a question, go to this book. You know, I mean, when I have a question, when I think about something and I think, you know what, what, what about, if I'm wondering about something, where do I go? I go to this. I go to his word. His word will tell us. And listen, I don't, you know, I, I love people. We've got to love them, okay? When I say come out from among them, I don't mean we shun them. I've said this before. I don't mean we don't love on them, okay? But we cannot live like them. That's what Paul's telling us. We cannot adopt their lifestyle. So the Bible tell, teaches us that there are three basic types of separation. I got, I got on this word separation. And from what I studied, there's three basic types of separation. And I think these verses right here are teaching us about moral separation. Okay? And you say, well, what's moral separation? That's separation from sin and worldliness. So listen to what I'm saying here. A separation from sin and worldliness. That word worldliness covers a whole span, okay? Avoiding fellowship with the evil things of the world, okay? Our love for God is the driver for moral separation. Okay? If we don't love him, then we're not going to have any desire to want to live any different than what I did before I got saved, okay? It's pretty simple, really, when you think about it. And... I'm, I'm going to bounce back over to Ephesians again in chapter 5. And in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, says this. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God. Okay? Be ye therefore followers of God. And listen to what he says on the end. As dear children. Okay? We should, you know, God loves the believer as his children. He loves us as, as his own child. Okay? And we should reciprocate that love back to God in how I live and how we live our lives. I mean, it's, you think about this, the, the Bible is, is, and I, hate to, I don't, don't want to use the word, well, I will just say the word fundamental, okay? Where it's, it's crystal clear, it's not hard 
to comprehend if we want to comprehend it. Okay? And I mean, these things that I'm saying this morning, this is not rocket science. Okay? I mean, when you think about it and we apply it to our life, it's very straightforward. The choice is, is my mind thinking right? It is in my heart thinking right. That's what, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But we should reciprocate love back to him, just as we're, we're his children. So, you know, I thought about my kids, you know, when they were young, and, and now that they're older doesn't mean I love them any less. But, you know, what do we, what do we want to do for them? We want them to love us, and we want to love them. I mean, it's, and it's no different with our Heavenly Father, none at all. He want, we, we ought to want him to be pleased in how we're living. And if we're living worldly, I hate to burst your bubble this morning, he's not going to be pleased that way. Okay, he's not going to be pleased. Okay, if I'm living that way, he's not going to be pleased with me. Um, so, and, and it goes on, he goes on to tell us in, in verse 2 right here, in Ephesians, he says, and walk in love. Okay, and, and I'm gonna, let me read that. Verse 2, he says, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Um, and then moves on in, in verse 8. On down in verse 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Moral separation, okay, it means a strict separation. All right? I mean, according to the Bible, it means strict. There's not any black and white. Okay, I mean, or it is black and white. I'm sorry, <laughs> can't even talk. It is black and white. You know, there is a line between right and wrong. There is a line between what's true and what's not true. Irregardless of what society says today, it doesn't matter. If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it is not true. Okay, and it's not okay. Whatever they they say these things that 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 it's okay because I'm in the modern day. Well, sorry. No, it's not. If it's, unless it's in the Word of God, it's not okay. Y'all say, why are you harping on that for? Because it's important. <laughs> that's, that's the measure. That's our measure. It's men's own desire. Yes, yes. That's right, that's right. That's it. That's right. I mean, yeah. And <laughs> anyway, I'm going to keep going. So, <laughs> but there's a line, okay? And, and what Pastor Tom just said is true. You know, I, I made the comment coming up the road. I, I told Lori, I said, you know, thinking about the election. And I said, you know, it's hard to seek out what do you think's truth? I mean, for example, and I'm not going to politic here, okay, but I, and I'm not going there, but I'm just saying as, as an example, this amendment thing, the whole amendment issue. Okay, who's really telling you the truth? I don't know. Unfortunately, I can't go to the Word of God, and it's not in there. Needless to say, it wouldn't be, I, and I don't, I, I'm adding, I need to get off that. But, but it's hard to find the truth in today's world. It's hard to, if you truly, sincerely are looking for the truth, you can find anything on the Internet, good, bad, and everything in between. But you don't have, a, I mean, a lot, how in the world do you know if it's truth or not? How do you know? But anyway, but without the truth, we have no standard. There is no standard without the truth. Then you find out. There's a... <laughs> yep. 
So down in verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Okay? And don't participate and don't tolerate. I mean, that's what I wrote down. Don't participate and don't tolerate. And we don't morally separate in order to be saved. Okay? If we're, I mean, what we're talking about here is for us as believers. We have to be saved first before we can morally separate. Okay? And we separate because we are saved. Okay? That's what the Bible teaches us. We separate because we have a new position. Okay? I have a new life. Okay? The life he's given to me. And we've got a new spirit. In verse 9 here it says, For the fruit of the Spirit is in all, is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. So, I mean, if it's not truth and it's not good and it's not righteous, I'm not supposed to be involved in it, okay? Now, again, I can't stress enough. It doesn't mean that we throw down on people who are lost or, okay, we don't. Because we're just as bad as they are if we do that, okay? And the love of God is not in us. And the Spirit is not, we're not allowing the Spirit to move upon us. We've got to show love to these folks and we've got to witness to them and try to share Christ with them as best we can. But we don't shun them. That's, that's, that's not right. So he's given us new spirit and he's given us new purpose. And in verse 10 he says, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. You know, the, the thing I thought about as I was studying this is God wants to, to give us the best. God wants, you know, I, you know I, I think no doubt eternity he, he's got reserved for all of us that are saved. And it's going to be the best. We, can, we don't know. But, I mean, but he wants the best for us right now. And I think sometimes maybe I forget about or I have in the past and maybe still do sometimes, but i got to live for him right now, okay? It's not good enough for me to say, well, you know, I'm saved and my wife's saved and my kids are saved, so things are good. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. i got to live for him today until he takes me out of here. i got to live for him and be a witness for him. So, but because we separate from evil... Okay, does not mean we don't make an effort, I think I just said this, to witness and share the gospel with those that are in sin and bound up. Because, you know what, if somebody wouldn't have prayed for me one day, if somebody wouldn't have started and, and, and talked to me one day about, number one, inviting me to church, but after they got me going to church, and they got us as a family going to church, the word was preached and they talked to me about, you know what, if you're going to go to heaven, you've got to be saved. Somebody had to tell me that. Okay, I grew up somewhat in church, but still yet, somebody had to remind me of that and tell me that as an adult. Okay, if, if I'm not doing my part to witness, then I'm not doing my part to be a Christian. And, and what I'm trying to say is God has got so much to give to us right now if we will allow him to give it to us. So... Yes, yes, yes. That's good. So we separate, okay? So the reason that we separate is so that they can see that there's a better life now. And I underlined the word now in my notes. I mean, so that they can see Christ in us, living for us. I mean, how are they going to know that there's a better way unless they see it in us and hear it from us? Um, you know, we don't win people to Christ being like and living like the world. We're not going to win them to Christ that way, okay? I mean, we're not. 
And um, so moral separation means living for God to the fullest. I mean, that's, what it, that's really what it means. And in verses 14 to 17 says this, Wherefore he saith, listen to what he tells us, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So number one, I think we can almost kind of see that maybe as a call to salvation, but also for those that are saved, it's like, hey, maybe we need a little, little jar every now and then and say, wake up, you know, you've got something in you and you need to shine it and turn that thing up a little bit. You know, like maybe I need to move from a, um, I don't know where this is coming from, but I'll share it, an incandescent bulb to an LED light, okay? There's a significant difference, okay? If you haven't tried, switch one out, I'm, I'm telling you, you can tell the big difference, so... That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't mean to come across as... as <laughs> it's love. It's the love. I mean, it's, it's God's love that's moving upon me this morning. It's his spirit that's stirring me. I mean, and, and as I study his word, that shows me that he has so much more for us. I mean, I can't say that enough. He's got so much more for us than just salvation. I mean, he, and you say, well, what is it? <laughs> his book is full of it. I don't know what all of it is, but he, he says as long as we love him more, the more we love him, the more he's going to love us, the more he's going to share with us. I mean, what a... I can't explain it. What you're talking about. Society presses upon us that we don't accept the things of the world, that we're, we hate people, that we can't stand... That's right. Uh, just because I don't go do something someone else does doesn't mean I hate that person. Yeah. I mean... You know what, whether we want to admit it or not, we're all standing for something. I mean, the way we live, we're standing for, we're either standing for the Lord or we're not standing for him, okay? And that's all, it's a personal thing. But So I'm going to go and say, it says here then in, in verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You know, I thought as, as Josh was talking, you know, there's a big difference in inviting somebody to church and saying, you know what, you really need to get yourself to church. Okay? There's a big difference. Okay? One, you're sharing the love of Christ, and the other one, you're not. Okay? I mean, that's what I'm trying to... And, and the only way that we're going to want to do that is when we realize who's in us and who we are. You know, whose we are. Whose we are. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding... Here's the key, what the will of the Lord is. I said it earlier... He's got so much. I mean, just because I'm saved and he's blessed me to this point, he's not done. And, and, and growing me, he's not done. He's not done with any of us until when he says, you're out of here, you're going to the other side, I mean, into eternity. That's when he's done. So, um, so really, what I'm trying to say here, be saved in verse 14. I think I kind of mentioned it. I could, I could see that. It says, be saved. And then in 15 through 17, live and apply God's word like we're saved. That's really, the, that's really the, the whole gist of it this morning. We need to live like we're saved. I mean, um, let's see here. 1 Timothy 6. Let me flip back here. <laughs> yes. 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6 through 14 says this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. And so the reason I'm reading these is, you know, God's word 
is what should drive us, okay? And, and again, but godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a, and a, and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, listen to what he tells us here, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Listen to what he says here. I give thee charge. He's not just talking to Timothy. He's talking to us as believers. Okay, he's talking to Timothy, but he's also talking to us as believers. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's charged us. He saved me. He gave me a gift. But along with that, there comes a great responsibility. And that great responsibility is to live for him. It's, I mean, that's a great responsibility. I mean, what a, what a blessing it is. So we know, we know what drives, we see right here what drives the world. Okay, I mean, that's what I just read to you. Our love for God must drive our living and our service for God. I mean, we got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, as born-again believers, let, let, me, just, let me just say this. I, I, I'm just, and I'll wrap up. We know as born-again believers we're sealed with the Spirit. Okay, the Bible says that. The Bible teaches us that. Okay, let me let me. So, but we have to yield ourselves to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, after we're saved, we got to yield ourselves. Okay, we got we got to live for Him. Okay, and you know, let me just this little silly correlation. Okay, but but I, this just came to me as I was studying. I've got confidence and faith. Okay, that the gas tank on my truck is sealed. Okay, and when I put gas in it on one side, it's not going to go out the other end, okay? But that doesn't mean that if I want to drive it every day or as often as I want to drive it, that I don't have to keep putting gas in it, okay? Same way with me. When God, God's, God wants to use us, he wants to use up, okay, continually use that Holy Spirit that's in us, okay? But we got to yield and we got to go to him and get refilled every now and then. If we don't, we're going to get old, old dried up, and we're not going to be of any use to him, but I'm going to quit. So. Right. And we've got we to be willing to refill. Yep.